Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everyone has been destroyed because of this freak. I won't allow it. These babies just saved this lame fest party. What's going on? You are listening to Twig, otherwise known as the flagship of stupidity. I am your host, Mike, the Birdman Dot, and for once, I'm not trapped in an icy apocalypse, which has overtaken this winter wonderland we now call the day after Groundhog Day. Not as cool as the day after tomorrow. This one comes with less death, although not as much Jake Gyllenhaal. I'm also joined by my ever-loving compatriot who just celebrated a birthday. Alex, and I wasn't sure how long you were going to go with that. You kept going. I was like, can he add more? Can he add more? Can he add more? Probably, if I tried. <laughs> yes, it's not the icy. Well, I, okay, correction. It's the icy roads, towards you. Yes, the, the roads are a little slick. with um, They're starting to melt a little bit because we had a little bit of rain on top of the, the, the heavy, like what? We got about three or four inches of snow yesterday or the day before. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's still a little rough out. I wanted to go do a whole bunch of adulting things and, like, get my uh health card updated and stuff and no go i'm gonna have to maybe try it again tomorrow but uh it's not completely it's not like the icy death like that it was last time (laughs) yeah so it's nice that uh things are starting to get a little bit nicer hopefully we'll get a chance to get out hopefully soon um and no more strike My, my transit strike is over thank god whereas my wife's strike is escalating so good times had by all yay yay teachers i'm i support yeah. them completely but at least 100 percent. At, at least now i can go take the bus to go help support the local teachers if i wanted to that's 
That's right. Uh, so yeah, this past week, um, it's been fairly uneventful. I mean, all things considered, uh, didn't really do a whole lot. Done a lot more gaming than I expected. And that actually ties into one of my reviews I'm going to be talking about today. Um, I actually went back to Ghost Recon Breakpoint on the Xbox One and reviewed their live event for the Terminator, which went live this past weekend and runs until I want to say Thursday or Friday. Uh, though the event will still stay in-game, the exclusive rewards are only available. I mentioned more in my review. Um, i also been playing some Call of Duty. I'm now max level, max. Uh, I did the battle pass for this season, so I've 100 percented that. I've done almost all my challenges for this season as well. So now I'm just waiting for the next season to drop. So that's been a lot of fun just doing that i might go back and play some other games out of my back catalog this is what i like about this time of year is it's quiet uh there is there aren't a lot of major releases unlike last year we had kingdom hearts 3 we had resident evil 2 remake and we had a couple other big games that dropped in the early part of the year we also had some pretty big delays uh for stuff because i know um i know in march some stuff got pushed out uh, yeah, we were only going to be a few weeks away from Final Fantasy, and that got pushed. And then everything seems to be spread out a little nicer now. Yeah, so when March comes around, we will have um, bat- or K- Persona 5 Royale Edition. And then in April, we'll have Final Fantasy and Resident Evil 3. And that's yeah. a fairly nice mix of stuff. So I'm looking forward to yeah, that. Exactly. Oh, and Animal Crossing, which I don't really care about, but we'll why see. not, I, I guess? I haven't heard back, like, maybe on that one. Um, for February, as far as I know, I'm getting a copy of Vanquish and Bayonetta for uh, Review the Remastered Edition. which should Fantastic be cool. games. Um, which I've played Bayonetta, um, not com- to completion, but I have played it, uh, but I haven't played it obviously in 4K. So I believe we're getting an Xbox copy so I can check it out on the Xbox One X. Um, and other stuff coming for February, it's sort of up in the air because didn't, uh, I know we were in the running to maybe get a copy of that uh, Mega Man collection. The Yeah, but it um, got pushed back a week. So I hear. Yeah, so it might not, who knows what's going to happen there. Uh, there's a few other smaller titles coming out, but as as far as like AAA titles, there's it's not quiet. There's not really much. I I would venture to say that the Vanquish Bayonetta combo is or was AAA originally. Those games, that's probably it for February. Yeah, because like those were higher quality uh, Sega titles way back in the day of the 360. So it's nice to see them get a a re release. I'm looking forward to playing these at uh, some point. Vanquish, I had. A lot of fun with Bayonetta. Love the character design and the storyline. Not so hot on the gameplay because I'm just not that good. Um, so yeah, otherwise I've been watching a lot of movies um, because of this liquid diet, which I'm entering my fourth week. It'll be a month this, this weekend. Thank you. Um, my People that have seen me, who haven't seen me in a while, say it looks like I've dropped between 40 and 50 pounds already. Yeah, um, there's a definite change. Like you've lost a good way to measure is maybe get your wife to uh, get a string, measure around your neck, like not like tight, like just you know let where the string lies, sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. you, you might be surprised. You probably lost uh, several inches around your neck. Oh, cool! Because that's usually where you lose. People will lose in their face and, and neck first before it shows anywhere else. Yeah, that's what they were saying. They say it's shown a lot 
in my face, which is good. Plus, I finally got over my phobia of watching my 600-pound life, but I'll talk to you about good. that off air. <laughs> yes, because um, I've been trying to get you to watch it for years, and you're like, no. <laughs> yeah, I just realized, wow, but anyway uh, i've been watching a, a lot of movies um things i've been watching in a, in a really bizarre combo i'll watch a horror movie like hellraiser or phantasm and then i'll watch the house party movies for like a week straight i did this it was okay. <laughs> a really weird combination you said it gave I'm, you weird dreams it really did i i had a dream where pinhead had given kid and play uh the lament configuration box and they opened it and then i woke up so i don't know whether kid and play got ripped apart by the the tendrils of hell by leviathan but or it was interesting I, and, and is it just waiting to happen around the corner yes i'm wandering through the pits of hell right now it was just really wait, just cool. wait if you hear something it might be the chatterer <laughs> man it's <laughs> you know what's fucked up you should read the hellraiser wiki because each of those um, Cenobites has a backstory, and some of them are so fucking fascinating that the, I like. I know the comic books have expanded upon it, and I almost want to go back and read them because they sound so interesting. But the artwork, like, this is going to be a controversial opinion. So here's Mike's hot take. Sometimes when your artwork isn't mainline DC or Marvel, the quality can be questionable and sometimes some of these comics that get based on like horror movie properties like i used to read the nightmare on elm street comics or the jason Voorhees comics a lot of the, the cheaper stuff from idw or dynamite or or arcadia press i know what you mean <laughs> yeah it just it looks off like their blood yeah. and gore just looks stupid yeah and it, these it, ones it, look weird i was gonna say like idw is hit or miss a lot even though they're like a huge publisher probably one of the more consistent ones would be image comics yeah um, yeah like it it's weird yeah. just to kind of think about it um but yeah so that's what i've been doing what about you before we go into the show problem um well i finished watching the good place that ended this week uh probably the best show nbc has put on air ever maybe uh best even brooklyn nine nine oh by far uh oh, com wow, okay comedy wise uh one of the funniest drama wise uh very well handled because it's a bit of both uh it's the, i've never seen a show deal with philosophy as, as the core concept like of life and death more uh like well done than this like the closest thing that comes to it maybe would be uh, some tng episodes from way back um by far one of the best shows ever produced on broadcast tv ever like rivals anything on um, on any streaming network or or like HBO, uh, well worth a watch if you haven't seen it. You can't talk about the show though because there's so many twists and turns that you're really never going to expect. You can't really let yourself get spoiled to it; otherwise, it, it ruins the whole experience. Um, and then I watched a whole bunch of Food Wars, the anime, which is I was it was described to me as Iron Chef, but with people having their clothes blown off when they eat the food because it's like food orgasms food gasms <laughs> most ridiculous stupid hilarious show i've seen in a while and i've watched about 50 episodes in three days because i had nothing better to do good times um 
So coming up on the show this week, as always, we have news, weird news, and reviews. So coming up for reviews, as I alluded to previously, we are going to be talking about Ghost Recon uh, Breakpoint and following up with their live event involving the Terminator on Xbox One. We're also going to be looking at the John Cena comedy Playing With Fire from Paramount Home Entertainment. And finally, Alex, what are you going to be bringing us this week? Uh, Idea Factory sent over one of their weird action uh, JRPGs, Ark of Alchemist, and I've receive that on the switch and i'll be talking about that for about five minutes or so all right then cool guys so once again thank you for joining us here on this week in geek the flagship of stupidity i've been mike the birdman Daw, joined with alex the producer we'll be back guys right after our review of ghost recon breakpoint with the terminator we're looking at ghost recon breakpoint coming to us from ubisoft you might be saying mike didn't you and alex do a pretty in-depth review of this last year that ran for like 20 minutes yeah we did and i'm actually reviewing this again because of an in-game event which is happening right now it's a live event involving the terminator and this is actually pretty cool because it's been a pretty neat year for terminator tie-ins we got gears of war 5 mortal kombat 11 and now this kind of came out of nowhere i first saw a trailer on youtube and then i got an email about it and thinking you know what i'll dive back into the world of aurora to see what's going on so the storyline is this a resistance fighter has been sent back in time to aurora to basically stomp a t-800 uh because skynet has some plans and you notice how i said skynet there this is more in line with the terminator 2 uh timeline because it mentions skynet and not legion which is the new ai that we see in terminator dark fate so that's kind of cool her name is raza and she gives you a mark 14 termination rifle which is basically a rail gun which is kind of cool it's it's a uh, DMR in-game, though. And uh, through the course of this live event, there are 20 tiers of things you can earn. You get new cosmetics, where you can actually look like the T-800 with the shredded face from the first movie. Uh, you can earn the Uzi 9mm. You can earn an AR-18, I think it is. You can get uh, some new vehicles, which are just basically reskins, but they are neat. And uh, you can also get some other blueprints in the shop, which are not explicitly mentioned, but are related to the Terminator universe, such as uh, the 45 long slide pistol, which the Terminator used in the first movie. That was the pistol he used to kill Sarah Connor's roommates and the one that was aimed at her at Tech uh, Noir in the bar. And you also get the, assist, uh, the resistance assault rifle, which is the one Kyle Reese uses in the future war sequences, the uh, M25. Though here it doesn't have the big-ass optical sight on the top, so it's just called the Resistance uh, ASR. Um, so yeah, that's kind of neat. Oh, plus you get a grenade launcher for finishing the event uh, as well. So I was wondering where you get that blueprint, so now I know the answer to that question. And what it is, you get a series of missions uh, to stop the T-800s, uh, and it culminates in a big fight in a Terminator factory, which is really kind of cool. The, it turns out the Terminators overtake uh, a Skell facility and are building uh, like 
literally like a T-800 factory like you'd seen in Robocop versus Terminator or that really cool T-2 ad that aired back in the day. And it even has the bio-flesh regeneration chamber if you happen to remember that toy. And it's really kind of cool. If the event had any problem, is that it's too short. Um, although there are daily missions which you can do to gain tiers of the battle pass so you can gain these new cosmetic items. And as far as I understand, the event will still be in-game past this week, but you can only earn these exclusive rewards during this particular event. So if you're going to jump on and do this, do it ra uh, sooner rather than later. And I did say in my original review, if you're going to get this game, wait for a discount. And you know what? If you can get this game cheap... Um, or perhaps if you can get this game as a gift, I can think of a lot worse ways to spend your time. And I kind of even said this uh, on Twitter. If Ubisoft could get the rights or the license to do a Terminator game using the Ghost Recon engine, if you told me this game would happen... Uh, maybe uh, outside of Los Angeles, or basically, like, give me a slice of California that is open world, and you still had helicopters, you still had cars, you still had all sorts of resources you could use, and the gunsmith system, but you were fighting T-800s, T-7s, T-6s, infiltrator units... That would be a really fun game. I mean, the only other Terminator game that is as good uh, is Terminator Resistance, which I reviewed uh, earlier this year, and I thought was unexpectedly good, just not worth the price. This is a fun Terminator light experience, and if you already own Ghost Recon, this is definitely worth your time to go in and get some of these uh, items, and it's just... It's fun. I haven't had this much fun picking up a game again. I've actually been playing a lot of Ghost Recon uh, this weekend. And there is something I think that maybe is unintentional. Um, doing some of the storylines parallel to the main storyline is a really interesting thing from a thematic uh, standpoint. There's a group of uh, people in Ghost Recon known as the Outsiders who are opposed to the technology being used on uh, Aurora. They're very uh, Luddite, I think is the term, but they talk about humans shouldn't merge with computers. They oppose transhumanism. And that's very close to what Skynet becomes eventually because it becomes self-aware, right? Um, and, human, and the Terminators are cyborgs, uh, living tissue over a metal endoskeleton so cool things to think about so my final review if you have ghost recon play this live event this week go forth kick some t-800 ass like just enjoy the termination rifle oh yeah bonus tip mike's pro gamer moment here Use the termination rifle against those behemoth tanks with the right perks equipped. You will melt those things in less than 100 rounds if you are of sufficiently high power level. It's been a tremendously useful tool I've had in my back pocket. So anyway, check this out if you have Ghost Recon. If you don't, um, if you can get Ghost Recon at a good price then this is a pretty fun mission to take advantage of their live event system. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. News on the mark. And we are here to deliver the news and all the other cool things you've come to expect from Twig. As always, I'm still Mike. He's still Alex. Let's talk about what happened on planet earth this past week and we're going to take things to the land of gallifrey what the hell is that well doctor who of course so doctor who premiered a couple of weeks back and they've had some pretty fantastic episodes since the show has come back with the 13th incarnation with jodie whittaker playing uh the female doctor and one of the episodes that aired about a week ago uh, because we always do our news from a week back, was the Sunday night's episode called Fugitive of the Jadoon, the Jadoon big, the big rhinoceros people is the best way I do explain them. But you might be wondering, why the hell are we talking about an episode of Doctor Who from a week ago? Well, because it did something kind of cool. Um, they introduced a new incarnation of the Doctor, and that is being played by uh, actress Joe Martin, who is playing the first black incarnation of the Doctor, but surprisingly also another woman Doctor. Dun, dun, dun! So um, the episode was written by Vinay Patel and Chris uh, Chibnall, uh, Martin's character, a tour guide in the English city of Gloucester named Ruth Canyon, surprisingly announces that she's the doctor. The historic revelation came after a TARDIS was dug up from under Clayton's lighthouse's childhood home, but neither of one, but neither one of, of the doctors recognize each other's. She says, you're in my future, not the other way around, Martin's doctor says. I've never been anything like you. Trust me, I'd remember, especially that shirt, the 13th doctor says. Um, and this is kind of cool because this is not the first time we've been introduced to a previous incarnation of the doctor we haven't recognized, most notably John Hurt's doctor who played the war doctor, uh, which was the ninth technical regeneration between um, Paul Gann, I think was the Paul guy. Paul Yep, Paul McGann. And between Christopher uh, Eccleson, who was the true ninth doctor, uh, when the Revive series finally came back in 2005. Yeah. And then they finally explained why he was so apprehensive and how, how why the character had changed so much between um you know in, in that 10 year period between shows yeah so basically the war doctor fucked things up so this is kind of cool how they're introducing how regenerations like literally you can regenerate into anything just because we don't have tentacles um you're not going to get any truly weird alien doctors but you could in theory right 
So this is kind of neat um, just to see them trying out different casting uh, for the characters. I mean, I've always been a big Doctor Who fan. I haven't seen any of the Whitaker run. I've seen clips and trailers. I like her well enough. I mean, I, I don't know anything else to say about her. I mean, people seem to be fine with her. Um, seeing this yeah. new incarnation of the Doctor, I'm, I'm, I hear she's more violent. I'm three. Like she runs around with a gun. I'm three up or three seasons behind. My dad is caught up as of the past season. Now we're I think five episodes or so are out of the new one. Uh, and I, I asked him and I said, "What do you think?" And he goes, "He doesn't care for this uh, incarnation." Thirteenth Doctor. It's not. He doesn't have a problem with her. He does. He just doesn't like the writing as much. As, mm-hmm. like he he said like he's watched all of the new doctor who stuff since like it came out in 05 mm-hmm. um and he has said that his favorite doctor uh was actually just the the previous one um oh why am i drawing a blank on his name capaldi yes he said that that uh his seasons have been were his favorite ones i'm like really over like the matt over smith Tenet. ones and tenant and he goes it's close neck and neck he goes but i think the writing of the episodes were better uh, of the Capaldi ones. I think Tennant's run was great, especially because Tennant's such a fantastic actor, but I think they overused the iconic bad guys. Like you saw a lot of Cyberman episodes, a lot of Dalek episodes, which I think kind of yeah. diluted the character and, a and little the, bit. And if you look at it at the time, it was better looking than any Doctor Who had been in the in the past, but it's still, if you w- try to watch them now, the CGI is starting to get really dated, even though it's only 10 years old. Whereas uh, from what I've seen in the Capaldi stuff, it is much more like a Western production with higher budget. But that's also because a lot of that uh, special effects now is actually done in Canada. It's a co-production. Really? Yeah. It's been a co-production for years with BBC uh, America and BBC Canada and space and that. But the actual production studios doing some of the, the, uh, the lighting and atmospheric effects and stuff is actually done in like Quebec. Huh. Neat. I was unaware of that. Um, I remember once upon a time when BBC or when this used to air on CBC Canada, when the new Doctor Who was on there for a little bit, um, and then I guess Space got it, and well, the rest is history. Um, I like I said to kind of throw things back to the story. I think it'll be interesting to see how this storyline plays out. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't read any of the spoilers. I don't expect it'll be explained anytime soon. But hopefully this works out because I know when they had a female version of the master with Missy, I thought that was really cool. Um, so neat. I guess we'll see what happens. Um, I'm glad they brought back the Jadoon. The first time I saw them was with David Tennant and um, Martha Jones, where they went to the moon for some reason. Um, that was a weird episode. Hell, you can say that about almost about any episode of Doctor Who. Was that was say, weird. I was going to say, have you ever seen a Doctor Who episode where you didn't go? That was weird. No, that's Doctor Who thing. is Doctor Who is like not hard sci-fi at all. It's not even soft sci-fi. It's like fantasy sci-fi. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, it's it's fantastic stuff and some yeah. genuinely good writing. I, actually, I mean, I've actually that description. Sorry, you, go ahead. You know what it is? It's fantastical yeah. sci-fi is probably the best way yeah. to put it. It's it's science fiction where there's enough where it's like, okay, there's a little bit of science involved there, but then everything is explained with magic. So it's fantastical yeah. science fiction. Yeah, like it's really interesting. It's almost all, like people give problems to the Russell T. Davis 
run of Doctor Who. I liked it. I mean, I, I like almost all Doctor Who. I mean, I really can't bitch about it. Like, I'm going to have to do a rewatch from beginning to now to kind yeah. of catch up on things because it's like, just been a long time. I watched up until the point where I believe, um, was it Angels Take New York or something? Is that the... Yeah. and I, I That's I, where they lose Amy and Rory, yeah. And I didn't see that episode. And then I skipped like half a season and jumped in like right after that again for like one season so I, i've got to watch i guess like four seasons now yeah i mean th- i mean thankfully they're short yeah um like but like it's it, it's been a while like the, the sort of i feel like the fandom ebbs and flows a bit yeah i mean it's constant but it goes between amazing highs and i wouldn't say low lows but it's relatively just kind of there like, as much as Matt Smith brought some young people into it, I feel like he damaged the fandom that was being built up. It was a little too silly with him, with the Fez hat and all that sort of stuff. I think they lost some of the hardcore, um, like, it, it, we, like Western audience I, that was not you, like the Western audience that would have never watched the stupid silliness of the original Doctor Who show that, or because it was like so low budget and everything. I feel like they lost some of the hardcore Western sci-fi fans, like from the, the North, like North America when he became in there. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the um, Matt Smith stuff, it made it more palpable to a wider audience because it was ridiculous. Um, but the Peter Capaldi stuff brought it back. I don't know. Like I said, it's, it, it's just, that, that's, that's what stuff. I mean. It's like, it's like every three or four years, they, you know, they'll sway one way, then sway the other. There's always going to be the hardcore fans. And I think this is, again, like you said, testing the water to see where they want to go. And like, they're, they're checking off multiple points. Like, well, we haven't had a female doctor. We haven't had, uh, uh, you know, a minority doctor. We haven't had this, you know what, let's just see, dip our toes. And what happens if we cast for one episode, a doctor in multiple categories that we've never had before? Yeah, and, see, and so. see what happens. And if there's no real pushback, well, hey, we can do anything then. Yeah, I mean, and that's the beauty of Doctor Who. The 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 book is so wide open, you can do anything you want. And that's always been the strength of that show. So moving on to more strange news, if you can believe that. Uh, there's always been talks surrounding this franchise for a number of years. And we've always wanted an Expendables 4. We get to see all our favorite action heroes come together and kick ass. Well, there's some encouraging yet weird news. There's going to be a spinoff, um, allegedly. And it's going to be starring Jason Statham's character, Lee Christmas. And the movie is suppo- supposed to be called The Expendables, A Christmas Story. So according oh, to a new report. Oh, thank God. That'll be amazing. So according to this, the uh, role uh, will be centered around Jason Statham has been in work for some time. Uh, It's supposed to be um, involving a, uh, involving some of the other expendables. Like we'll still see um, Barney Ross as portrayed by Sylvester Stallone, though he'll have less screen time, but his role, everybody. Yeah. Uh, Arnie and Tony Jaw are supposed to be in some capacity as well, but they're still waiting to see how the pieces come together, quote unquote. Um, but there will be room for other appearances from characters in previous installments. The screenplay was penned by Max Adams. As far as uh, directors go, supposedly um, uh, 
DJ Caruso, uh, who did Triple uh, X, The Return of Xander Cage. Oh, my God. The, the most stupid and fun movie ever made. <laughs> the most yeah. incredibly stupid movie, but still incredibly fun movie ever made. Um, so they're supposed to be on the studio's radar. They're talking to him. They're also supposed to be talking about a triple X four at some point. So it depends on which gig will be signed off on first. Um, I kind of hope this happens. We're going to have it. We're going to have movie like inception slash synergy. One of these days we're going to have expendables versus the, the fast, the furious and somehow, the characters that are in both are going to face like their evil twin doppelgangers from another galaxy. It's going to be like, uh, uh, what was that Spider-Man where they had to get uh web wars or whatever it was where they had to get like, uh, or, Secret oh, yeah, war, yeah, yeah. or not secret war. Um, what was the one where they pull all the Spider-Mans from all the different, uh, multiverses together to stop something? I, I think, do you mean into the Spider-Verse or no, something like, well, something like that. There was, or what was the one like, I was thinking? No, I'm thinking of the cartoon, how the cartoon ended and oh when, yeah yeah when yeah they pull, when madam webb pulled them all out um i i, I don't so, recall the name of the episode but i know what you mean yeah, yeah something like that we're we're gonna have it where it's like on this earth we have the fast and furious where they're the superheroes well on this earth we have the expendables and they're gonna have to take on like i don't know all the bad they're gonna have to take on like all the universal monsters <laughs> that'd be kind of it would be like the expendables versus dracula frankenstein's monster <laughs> you would watch it you know you would i really would if it, if it showed up on screen where it's arnold schwarzenegger like van damme all these people and it's like on the other side of the poster is like literally like like bella lugosi's looking dracula and all these people it's like that's who they're gonna take on <laughs> we have to go we have to go to monster island <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Moreau and all this yes, shit. Yes, yes. They have to go to the island and like it's like a tournament. It's like Mortal Kombat. <laughs> oh my god, which I finally saw the trailer for Fast and Furious 9. I love it. I, I it love looks every so second weird. Of it. It's it's I saw it, I watched it with my brother and we turned to each other and said, "This is even more stupid than Triple X3." Like this, this is it's a must watch. Although clearly no rock um because he had a falling out with with Vin Diesel, but also how they're covering it up is it takes place at the same time as Hobbs and Shaw. So okay, that's how they're covering up that you know how uh, uh, Jason Statham's character and The Rock aren't in it. So, I mean, I guess if you ever wanted to get me a birthday gift, Alex, you should get me the Fast and the Furious movies. I'm curious. I've only okay. seen the first two. Okay, and like first four and five is terrible. It's it's terrible in a bad way. It's hard to watch. The second one is even worse. It's just yo bro, yo bro. The third one, um, the third one is Tokyo Drift. That one's even worse. It's, it's incredibly hard to watch. They kill off one of the main characters who is dead, like definitively dead. And there's an even a, a plot line of like the seventh or sixth movie, which takes place where they're like going to get revenge for the death of their friend in the third movie. And in the trailer for this new one, he shows up, even though he burned up in a car and died. It's the Asian dude. Oh, Han, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's dead. So we watched that. My brother starts laughing. He's like, How are they gonna is he gonna be his evil twin? Is he gonna have amnesia? Like they've already done amnesia plots twice, I think, in the movies. They Um, have. It's because I've read the summaries (laughs) for some of these. The fourth movie is where they switched it up to become like a heist movie. I've only seen bits and pieces, but it's it's pretty cool. The fifth movie they brought in the rock, and they're like, Well, now we have a billion dollars. And then where I only saw bits and pieces of the fifth one. 
Uh, now I've seen six, seven, and eight in theaters first day, and I can't stop watching because they're so incredibly stupid and funny. So yes, they that those are big boneheaded movies. Like we don't have a lot of other like team up action movies it's like Expendables and that, and maybe like basically Vin, if Vin Diesel is involved or The Rock, you know they're going to make money. So I could see uh, like Expendables Christmas movie doing well if they get uh if they get bruce willis to come back because he was in the first was it one or two uh the second one yeah if get him back and make it a diehard movie i think that'd be kind of clever actually yeah um i don't know i mean i'm looking forward to it i hope it happens i'm glad they're bringing back uh Tony Jaw, I'm really like when I first saw On Back, I was so oh man, utterly blown away by it because I first it, saw it when I was in college. I was in high school and I saw it literally. You remember how it went to had like a limited run in theaters here for like a weekend? Um, yep. I didn't see that. I saw it like nine months before anybody else because my uncle is from Malaysia, came uh, back from a trip, and like this stuff hadn't even hit like the Chinatown shops yet. And he brought mm-hmm. me uh, a DVD, like a burn DVD copy from like the streets <laughs> when it was like a theatrical, like cam copy way back. And he brought it to me and he's like, watch this. And I went, okay, I don't like cam copies of videos. I'd like to get the real DVD. He's like, watch it. I put it in and just the first fight where he does the forward flip and like knocks the guy in the head with the back of his heel. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? And then he runs and jumps and like knees the guy in the chest from across the room. And I went, where are the wires? And my uncle's like, no wires. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, no wires. And, and he's doing like all the crazy stunts. And I'm like, what's happening? He goes, no wires. Because I was used to Jet Li, right? Like, yeah. with the wushus or the flying through the air kind of stuff, right? No, no. It's like, this is what real stuff. I'm like, how are they doing this? He's like, it's Thailand. They have no regulations. So people are getting hurt for real. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, dude, like that was a revelation. That was probably the best uh, advancement in like kung fu movies since the 80s. Yeah, like I remember, and like just kind of getting into that subgenre for a a little. Like I remember, what was it, Iron Monkey or something? Uh, his movies or or like Jet Li ones. Uh, I saw more of Tony Jaw's stuff than okay, I saw Tony Jaw. Yeah, so, only... so it would have been. Well, they renamed a couple of them here. There was like the Protector, uh, but there was. Yeah, the, I saw that one. Um, so there was there were three, two or three Ong back movies. And two or three in that protector line, which was the one where he's like a, um, like a villager from like a small thing, and he's trying to protect his elephants that are stolen, like the bones. Yeah, yeah they did two or three of those, and they did them with like co-productions in Australia. Uh, and he did a couple things, came to the states and did one or two movies. Uh, he was in, was he in Triple X Three? I think he was. I haven't um, seen that one yet. Yeah, I think he's in Triple X Three. Uh, his sort of biggest one that went under the radar he did a movie with uh uh what's his name with robocop um peter weller with peter it's peter weller i believe ron perlman's in it uh um michael jai white and dolph lundgren uh call what's it called it's like blood money or some weird name or something like that i'll look it up and send it to you but they did like a high budget international picture and it just like tanked and, and it's limited run in theaters even though it's amazing and it's like all those people together like you don't get all of them together and make garbage right like <laughs> um but yeah yeah tony ja he's one of those guys where i wish he would have gotten bigger than he did wow well 
like I said, hopefully we'll see a resurgence of this because we're seeing the the action genre is coming back in a big way, and I'm really and, glad that yeah. it is. And get Cynthia Rothrock in that film, goddamn it! Before she gets absolutely, cool. absolutely. This one is more an entertainment news, but definitely no less relevant to our interests. One of my favorite television, or not television series, movie series uh, during the 90s was the Mighty Ducks movies with Emilio Estevez. And, well, I used to get called Goldberg a lot as a kid because I was a fat kid who was a goaltender. Hey, hey, Mike, keep on those liquid shakes and uh, add a whole bunch of meth and maybe you'll get down to the weight you want to get down to. Yeah, I know. I feel so bad for that guy. He got busted for meth possession and burglary in California last week, and it's not the first time. And if you look at the pictures that they show him, like from three or four years ago, it's so dramatic. Like he looked healthy and he looked healthy and and in shape and great. And now he looks like he looks 40 years older than he is. Yeah, it's it's bad. Um, But that's not what we're here to talk about, surprisingly. So um, it has been announced that uh, Mighty Ducks is getting a television reboot on Disney Plus. Yay. That's pretty cool. But that's actually not the best part about all this. So. this has been leaked, but supposedly it's true because it's covered by Yahoo.com, and I'm willing to trust them. Emilio Estevez is going to be coming back as Coach Bombay. Cool. That's pretty friggin' cool. Now, it's supposed to be beginning production in Vancouver in March, so I imagine we'll see set photos. Hopefully, they're pulling other alumni like uh, Joshua Jackson yeah, will come back. Somebody will, will end up. They'll, they'll be the kids on the team or whatever. And when it comes to the final game, at the end of the game, when the kids win, they'll all run up to their parents and the one one or two of the parents will actually be like kids from the original movies. Yeah. I'm hoping they bring Joshua Jackson back. The, the guy who was in Daredevil, who played Foggy Nelson, because he was one of the original Bash oh, brothers. That's right. So, because he's a fairly big movie star now, so hopefully he'll come back. Um... And the kid that played, um, I'm trying to think, like, I, the, I can see all the them in my the, head. Who's the kid that did the, the knuckle puck? The black kid? Yeah. I can't think of his name, but I'd like to see him come back. Uh, the girl goaltender. Like, there's just, I, I want a real reunion. If they'll come back and do it, I think it'd be fantastic. Because Disney Plus has money. And to talk about that very briefly for a second, Disney Plus last night at the Super Bowl showed off some footage from Falcon, Winter Soldier, WandaVision, and Loki. And they're putting... I didn't see anything. Yeah, they're putting money behind these shows. And The Mandalorian is definitely evidence of that. Um, Yeah, like every, every streaming network is stepping up their game, I feel, because of them. Hell, even like Star Trek Picard, you saw the the visual effects in there. Like every show is spending more money, like theatrical budgets on these, because unlike getting advertising money from showing on television, like regular uh, commercial advertising, the more subscribers they get specifically to watch these shows, the more direct money they get. Yeah, because you don't have to go through the the like kind of theater chain and like kind of trickle down, so to speak. Um, so yeah, I mean. I think it's going to be great. I mean, the future of streaming services, despite the fact that there's way too goddamn many, um, this is going to be cool. I'm looking forward to it. I'm already subscribed to Disney Plus. So um, I hope it comes out next year. 
I'm looking forward to Falcon and Winter Soldier. I think that's this year. Um, I think. Um, WandaVision, they said, is coming sooner than we think. Probably because Falcon and Winter Soldier got pushed a little bit because of uh, an earthquake on one of their sets and on one of their filming locations, rather. Set things back a little bit. And Loki, I know, is next year, which ties directly into Doctor Strange 2. Um in the multiverse of madness, though that movie just lost its director. So I guess we'll wait and see. Uh, Moving on to my next story. This one, I was going to put this in weird, but I think it's cool. Just the same. Uh, This one is Japan who are ultimately known for building giant robots. Well, they're actually kind of doing it for real this time. So Japan is building a massive humanoid robot modeled modeled rather after the original Gundam series. So the robot replica of the RX 78 dash two Gundam, which is the more samurai looking one that I think was featured in the 1979 series will be 18 meters tall and weigh 25 tons. But the cool thing about this is it's going to be able to Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Walk. Oh, this is how we get Skynet. This is how, well, this would be the first step towards battle tech, walking tanks. <laughs> and and um, a lot of people, when they think of Gundam, like here, uh, they think of Gundam Wing, but what they don't realize is Gundam Wing was actually not very popular in Japan. It was way which is weird. insane. It was what made it popular here. But like, it was not like the Gundam, like the original shows, all the ones that, you know, we got way back in the day that maybe we got an episode or two here and there, or they would do like a single season here. Like over there, it was immense. And it wasn't until like what, 2000 or so when we got the, the 1995 translation of uh, Gundam wing, but like, that's what people picture Gundam in their head. They think Gundam wing, but like, that's like a nothing show to them. Yeah. Um, so the cool thing, uh, 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 about this is it goes on a little bit further. So the robot's going to have 20, 20 free 24 rather degrees of freedom hands with fully articulated fingers and thumbs and the ability to walk though. We don't know how far or for how long Um, this is pretty cool. So they're supposed to show this thing off um, sometime in the next little bit. Um, Although (laughs) Dave, they should install, uh, they should sorry but they should install subwoofers and like giant speakers and when it turns on like make the iconic sounds like it's powering up and just scare the shit out of everybody <laughs> <laughs> although if i had it would be neat if they did a pair of these if they did one as the rx gundam and the um the um zaku which is uh char's gundam which i've always yeah. loved the look of that oh, one with the, the big the cyclops yeah. I, I just love yeah, that design. They, they would either do him or they would do one of the uh, regular green Zakus. Um, yeah, so that would be pretty kick-ass. But, I mean, think of, like, have that guy there, and then, you know, it would be even better. 
right across staring at him have Optimus Prime. <laughs> so yeah, that'll be pretty cool. If you happen to be vi- uh, visiting Japan in the next little bit, you'll be able to see this. There is like a Gundam cafe, which Dave, a uh, friend of the show and longtime uh, associate of the show, saw this a little while ago when he went over there for a cultural exchange. He's now back home in Canada. Um, so yeah, that's pretty neat. I hope this is, a, is as successful as I hope it is, uh, the, I trust the Japanese engineers to do something amazing with it. And who knows what futures this could lead to in other areas of robotics and potentially well, more. So well, isn't the yeah, Robo- Robocop statue being built now? Yes, it will be unveiled later on this spring or summer. They're just finishing the final touches on it. Do we have like a big robot that's like American design that we could put? Oh, wait, maybe somebody could build like an Iron Giant. Like that's that, I, that's like the most American that, design ever, right? That or well, that's a little more obscure. But so you could go with Liberty Prime from Fallout, but that's not as iconic. Yeah, like like other than like like because Optimus Prime is ultimately Japanese, even if the Beneath. show was like made here or like designed yeah. here. Um, I would say giant robots. Like Iron Giant's probably the only one that's like the giant american style robot and one that would be recognized yeah like you could make robbie the robot but he's only human size or like maybe one and a half humans i think yeah i mean one you could do it you people would recognize it but they wouldn't know where from if you did one of the battle tech mechs but it would be the mad cat if if, if alex if i showed you the picture of the mad cat you would know exactly what it actually is is it the one that they use in the covers of of the mcquarrie two and three almost all of them yes okay yeah 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 you could you could use that that's a that's a very american design yeah so i'd love to see that in practicality but weight distribution is a problem i was gonna say if you made one of those that would be scary because it looks like something that the americans would make to kill people Oh God. Yeah. It would be militarized so fast. Um, so yeah, good times. So final news story this Sorry, week, stupid me. Why don't, okay. they, make it, why don't they just make an ad at? Yeah. Like an ATAT, like, or an ATST, one of those two, right? Like, but that's a vehicle as opposed to a robot, but I guess a Gundam is a vehicle uh, as opposed to a robot. Walker. So would a chicken Walker be considered a, a robot or no? Cause that's no. just an, another vehicle. Yeah, I guess. Then again, th- then again, so is a battle mech. So now we're splitting hairs. But well, anyway, te- technically, so so is the Gundam. The Gundam isn't a robot. Yeah, the Gundam is piloted too. So this is we true. we all win. It works. <laughs> yes. So I'm gonna end things on kind of a bummer note this week. Uh, this one, uh, this one actually kind of surprised me. So I know these people mostly from publishing comic books and I'm not talking about DC or Marvel for a change. I'm actually talking about ID publishing. So IDW media, uh, holdings reported its earnings last week. And in this case, uh, IDW's quarter four, uh, 2019 financial report was released and things aren't looking too great. Uh, the company lost $26.4 million as a whole. 
Uh, the comic book branch lost $5.2 million in 19. Now they say revenue is down from the comic book market from 2018 to uh, $20.1 million. IDW Entertainment, which handles uh, television and movies, lost $19.8 million in 2019. Uh, some of the quotes out of this uh, come from Holdings Chairman and CEO Howard Jones was optimistic about all this. Um, he says uh, they're going to look at listing the company on the National Stock Exchange to boost investment. With our improving financial and operational outlook, we are exploring listing IDW on a na- on on a national stock exchange to enhance our visibility, increase liquidity in our market for our stock, and broaden our shareholder base. In conjunction with with the uplist, we intend to raise additional growth capital to further strengthen our balance sheet and to pursue abundant growth opportunities afforded by the intensifying competition among streaming services for original content. Uh, he also uh, goes on. Sorry, it's Howard. Jonas, sorry, I misread his name. Uh, Jonas projects the company will be profitable come 2021. In the fourth quarter of uh, fiscal 2019, revenue was boosted by the delivery of V Wars and the majority of the October Faction episodes to Netflix. While the legacy production finance agreements utilized for these shows and production cost overages resulted in significant losses, the remaining impact of those legacy deals will be recognized in the first quarter of fiscal 2020, results reflecting in the delivery of the balance of the October Faction episodes to Netflix. Um, also, these guys did lock and key uh, for Netflix, which is supposed to be really good, I hear. I've heard good things yeah, about it. it. It looks good. Here's the, the too long didn't read. Uh, they're realizing that licensed properties don't sell. Uh, the same way they used to, unless they get a television property assigned to it or a streaming property. Uh, what when they used to, their deal was like seventy five percent of their comics were licensed from old properties. That's when they're saying legacy properties. Um, problem is they don't sell the same way they used to, unless there's a new updated version of, like you know, let's say they have Battlestar Galactica. Well, I'll guarantee you that the Battlestar Galactica comics are going to sell better now that there's going to be a streaming uh, show reimagining of it than they would have before. Uh, the well, the the problem is the market's been shrinking. Everybody knows that, but and so people have less money to spend. They've increased the cost of comics by a dollar in the last few years, uh, which doesn't sound like a lot until you realize that if you're buying them every month, that let's say it adds up and especially multiple titles per week. If you buy, uh, buying four comics now costs as much as buying five or six did two years ago, three years ago. And you could buy four comics or you could buy one really good Blu-ray. Exactly. Or you can wait till the trade comes out. And unlike the, you know, the big, big companies like Marvel and DC, where you can guarantee they're always going to put trades out. If these comics don't sell individually, they might not even put the trades out. Like I'm looking at our, at at IDW's recent um, selections because uh, I buy comics. I buy Go Go Power Rangers, Mighty Morphin Power yeah. Rangers. Though I may start reading a Marvel title, but the point but, I'm trying to get here you, is, you, but you're getting I'm from looking, you're not getting from them. You're getting from Boom, right? Like let's, I think they're the ones that have the Power yeah. Rangers license. Yes, but I'm looking at IDW right now, and their current licenses. So new this week, so coming out on Wednesday. You have Clue, weird property to license. You have DuckTales. Which this is one, which surprising that Disney gave it up and Marvel doesn't You'd be surprised. 
it it's weird. I'm going to get into that in just a second. Um, Narcos is licensed. Who the Star fuck Trek- wants to read that? Like um, seriously, like that, that, like on a weekly basis. That's something that should come out as a graphic novel. Um, Star Trek Picard, because they hold this the Star Trek license, which I guarantee you is the only thing that sells for them, or like the the Disney licenses and the Star Trek license. I haven't even gotten to the best part. Um, Star Wars Adventures, which Marvel holds the Star Wars license, so that's a little weird. Ninja Turtles, which has always been a consistent seller, which just recently celebrated its issue 100 plus multiple crossover events with Ghostbusters and other properties. And their most famous thing since they re- since they acquired the property from Dream uh, Dreamwave a number of years back uh, was Transformers. Transformers has been a consistent performer for IDW. They always do fantastic stuff with the license. Um, multiple series a year, multiple miniseries. So IDW has a lot of money on the books when it comes to their license. Probably they know what they're doing. I just don't know where they're losing it from. As a person who buys a lot of comics week to week, yeah, the price has gone up. On iTunes, most books I typically pick up are five forty nine. I think so that's you- what they're charging. They're not like DC still has some two ninety nine and three ninety nine comics. I think all of IDWs well, have gone to five bucks. Well, let's find out. Let's buy Star Trek Picard right now. Star Trek Picard number three is six ninety nine. Yeah, that's so. That, you know, you know what that is? That is more money than it is in stores by a dollar to buy a digital. Let's book. look at let's look at Marvel. Let's just pick a recent Marvel book. Um, let's pick. I'm just gonna see if there's a recent release here. Um, fuck. I'll just pick this one. Let, let's go to Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel is... That doesn't help me. <laughs> it's weird. Uh, okay. Pick, pick a DC comic like that. Okay. Okay. Because they, they still have a few that are two ninety nine. I think they might have just moved to three ninety nine dollars in, in retail. Okay. okay. Let's see. I'm just looking here. Um, motherfucker. <laughs> there we go. Sorry, folks. We always do this in advance. No, but it, Batman. It, it, Batman yeah. is six ninety nine, but that's an annual, so that's to be expected. Yeah, an annual. Oh, there good. we go. DC five five forty nine. Dial H for hero. Okay, is five forty nine. So that seems yeah. to be about the average price. So uh, they, Archie, though. Yeah. Let's see how much they run. Two seventy nine. Exactly, and they're still publishing, like, and they're independent. And they sell because they're here's the thing. If I'm going to spend $7 on a book, do I want a third of the pages to be advertising? That's the thing. They're you only see that in Marvel and DC in boom comics. You don't. Uh, when was the last time you got physical? Um, it's been a while. It's been at least two years. Physically, they still put them all in there. That's what, that's the problem I find too is, DC and Marvel keep the ads in, even if you're buying digitally when they're not paying for printing. I don't know. Cause I, cause I'm, I am thinking about buying the new Marvel star Wars series because well, of a recent event involving yeah. Luke's lightsaber. But, but so you see, I am and thinking that, about and that it. That is why you buy the trade where you don't get any ads you pay your 15 bucks and you get everything plus bonus pages. So I think the industry should have moved to trades a long time ago, digital for individual issues and trades for physical. 
I don't think you'd ever get rid of that market just because it's so culturally ingrained to have that. I don't think it's going to work. However, I know a friend of mine who owns a comic book store and his store it isn't doing so hot because people are moving away from comics in general or they're buying trades well, or some of them are moving you, pure, purely digital. The trade, and if you go to a comic store, the trade will be 18 to 20 bucks. If I order on Amazon... Is uh, usually over 30 now. Well, no, I'm talking for Marvel DC where it's four page, four four issue trade, not like a five or six issue trade. Okay, they're about twenty ish. If I order on Amazon as pre order, ten eighty four. Like, okay, like it's half price to to get it on Amazon. Why would I ever go to a comic store uh, when they're overcharging me for it? If if Amazon can provide it at that price, uh, I I guess it all comes down to support your local yeah. brick and mortar, but right? support your local brick and mortar until you can't afford to. That's the, that's what's happening. Because yeah. I used to buy, like, when I was younger even, I used to buy comics out of a comic book store called Mike's Used Bookstore. And he had to run the used bookstore as well as comic books and role-playing games to keep the store afloat. And I don't think he's in business anymore. I'm not 100% sure of that. Um, and then my friend who owns the comic book store, it's a struggle. And an- another thing a lot of people don't realize is, yeah, you have to place your comic orders week to week. You don't just, your books just don't show up. You have to order them they each week and tell them what used you want. To, Diamond used to do that years ago when the when the trade was booming. You just got your shit shown. They would just show up. Like they would base it on your previous orders and, and on the volume. But now the market's so hurt. Diamond basically killed the market entirely by monopolizing it and forcing people to go through them. And then they, they pick the prices and they do this and where you get shit. Uh, it basically killed them except for the Archie comics because Archie decided not to go with Diamond and they still distribute on their own. Yeah, like I used to read Archie comics. I actually read Archie comics all the way through high school, but I read the Archie Sonic comics and they were yeah. still fantastic. They're still fantastic to this very day. They lost the um, license. Yes, it's a different person doing it now. Yeah. Um uh and, but they and then they had the Turtles license back when we were kids, I think. Yep, and then and now IDW has that and that's been consistently great. Um but yeah, I'm really sad to see I, I IDW lose that money i hope it doesn't hurt the creators works that they pick up because they because they do get some weird ones it sounds like they have a plan when they're saying 2021 they don't usually say that to shareholders unless they believe it's really going to be turning around so they Mm -hmm. must have stuff because you know how how comics industry works even though they're you know the the comics guys are creating like two weeks before they come out now because they're so crunched for deadlines Mm -hmm. they at the larger scale their deals and plans uh are six months to a year out so there's going to be stuff that comes out probably come September, October that they've got that are licensed that they know are going to be killer when it comes to sales. Yeah. So hopefully uh, things don't, I hopefully it doesn't damage what we're reading now in the books. I, I doubt it will. I think asking six ninety nine though for a book is a little much. For a digital book that's 20 pages. Yeah. I mean, I like Star Trek. I don't like Star Trek that much. Although, this- however, I... When I go, when I buy my stuff through iTunes, it works out the six dollars and twenty cents. Yeah. So what's but an the, extra dollar? And then the occasionally the you can get sales on, on bundles of back catalogs from like uh, Humble Bundle and that, which is pretty cool. And they're DRM free that way. But the interesting thing is, you're paying seven bucks for a book, right? Yes. Well, you're paying twenty bucks for a trade that has four or five issues. 
and has extra stuff and no ads yeah. and better binding. So like what they're like individuals, individual book sales are dropping. Well, you're charging too much. <laughs> People would be happy if you lowered the quality of your paper because most of the time they're just throwing them out or putting yeah. them in a collector's thing and they're never touching them again. Wouldn't it, you know, you know what I mean? Like people that just want to read are yeah. either buying it digitally so, or I guess we'll see what happens. So we're going to take a break here. And we're going to take a, a listen to my review from Paramount Home Entertainment. This is playing with fire. We'll be back, guys, right after this, only on the flagship of stupidity across the galaxy. I'm Mike the Birdman Dodd. We'll be back right after this. We are looking at Playing With Fire coming to us on Blu-ray, DVD, and digital from Paramount Home Entertainment. This is one of these movies that I saw advertised at some point during the summer last year and kind of got me interested because I'm a huge fan of John Cena. That's right. You can't see me. And I really liked him when I saw Bumblebee um, a while back. So... I've been always curious to see what is he going to do next? Is he going to be the next rock? And seeing this, I didn't have a lot of high hopes, but I was curious. So anyway, got sent this a little while back and genuinely really, really enjoyed this, actually. Um, it's kind of a really cute uh, kind of kids movie. So the story is uh, John Cena plays a smoke jumper uh, supervisor named Jake Carson, and he leads a team of smoke jumpers, but he's up for promotion. And obviously, hilarity ensues when he has to rescue a family that has been trapped uh, in a cabin fire, but he has to look after them until their parents can come. And, well, it's not quite as simple as it sounds. And what follows is a movie that stars John Cena, um, uh, the guy from Key and Peele, uh, Keegan-Michael Key, and John Leguizamo, and Sabretooth from the X-Men. That's right, Tyler Mayne, the really big tall guy, um, and a cast of cute kids, and a really big dog. And it's one of those movies that kind of reminds me of that 90s, early 2000s style of kids' movies. It's directed, directed by uh, Andy Fickman, and I recognized him because he did the movie She's the Man with, I think, Amanda Bynes, if I remember correctly. Um, way back in the day, I think like 2006, I want to say. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. So watching this, I was just surprised how much fun it was. It was harmless. It was the kind of humor you expect from a kid's movie. And I just had fun with it i laughed a lot genuinely and great supporting cast i mean john liguizamo is great in almost anything he's in he uh keegan's really 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 funny and just it sets up a lot of juvenile humor but i think for kids or people with families there's a lot to get out of this particular movie just because it's great and having it carried with these great comedy people along with John Cena who has a lot of great on-screen charisma really kind of elevates this movie despite what Rotten Tomatoes might have you believe to that. So that being said, uh, the Blu-ray itself does come with a bunch of special features but they're all rather short. No more than five to seven minutes each. There's some bloopers although you do see these during the end credits of the movie just... 
here you see them without the music playing over them. There are some deleted scenes which don't really add a whole hell of a lot things. They're just basically alternate takes, I would say, or just little things that were cut for time. Nothing really significant that affects the movie overall, or at least nothing that I was able to pick up on. There is some fluff pieces uh, here and there. There's a really short piece on what actual smoke jumpers do, and I wish that was longer. Um, one of the best special features is the director used to write the cast and crew emails every day, and they read some of these really bizarre emails to the camera, and that's pretty funny, because this director is weird. But, um, and then there uh, is something to note, and I, I watched this movie with Blair, and we're both pretty big bronies, which is fans of My Little Pony. The writer or the director is clearly a brony because My Little Pony plays a significant part in the set design and there's a My Little Pony themed birthday party towards the end of this movie and there's one shot in Zoom which I absolutely love where they paint Princess Celestia on the, uh, on the uh, firehouse inside here and it's gorgeous Hasbro artwork like Literally, it looks like it's officially done. It was done by somebody who might have worked on the show. It looks great. And then seeing John Cena in a Princess Celestia shirt was kind of the cherry on top of this cake. So, can I recommend this movie? You know what? If you are a person who has kids... I really think this is worth adding to your collection because it's a lot of fun. I can see this being like a family fun movie that you may watch um, with your kids uh, repeatedly, um, especially if they're younger. If they have any interest in WWE, seeing John Cena do stupid things is rather amusing. And like I said, he does have a very cool charisma and charm to him. And for anybody else, this is a pretty solid VOD pick. If you don't um, really have kids or family, but if you want to see just a movie that reminds you of a simpler time of kids' movies that isn't like Avengers or anything like that, this is a nice throwback to the late 90s, early 2000s era. Once again, this has been Playing With Fire from Paramount Home Entertainment on Blu-ray, DVD, and digital. What makes you qualified to be a reporter? I'm willing to violate anyone's privacy for my personal gain and then claim with a straight face that the public has a right to know. By the hand of Zeus, what manner of deviltry is this? I love fake alien poop day. Hey guys, Birdman here. You might be wondering, well, this is where the weird news would normally go, simply because you heard the intro. And, well, Nerd News had kind of a hiccup this week from a technical standpoint and from a news-gathering standpoint. So I'm going to let you in on a little bit of a secret behind-the-scenes, sort of behind-the-curtain, such as, as it was. So, while gathering news this week, um, I originally had reported on a story, uh, and I looked into it a little bit further when I was editing the show, and I found out it was completely false. And um, I did not want to publish this in good faith simply because it's my reputation. I like to think I don't make mistakes too often when I'm putting together the show. And when I do make a mistake, I do often uh, have a full retraction. So that's why in the outro of the show, you'll hear me refer to um, 
Some things that happen a little bit later on. I may have even mentioned it in the beginning of the show. I don't think so, though. But still, just wanted to be full and transparent as to why you're not getting a dose of the weird fucked up things that happened on the planet this past week. And that's frankly it. I made a mistake. I fully own up to that. And hopefully I'll be vetting my new stories a little bit better. Um, and I don't make any excuses for it. It was a mistake. It happened. But... Hopefully, won't happen again. We will have Nerd News, Weird News edition uh, next week with, you know, the regular weird things that happen on this planet. I already have a few stories already gathered. So, uh, yeah. So, anyway, guys, deeply apologize. So, I'm going to throw things over to Alex now so you can hear his review uh, of a Nintendo Switch game. So, um, Birdman, out! All right, I have a quick one here from our friends over at Idea Factory International. They sent over a review copy of Ark of Alchemist uh, for the Nintendo Switch. It's also available on PS4, uh, but I had the opportunity just to review the Switch version in this case. Uh, it's an action RPG, and I'll sort of give you a bit of a rundown of the story here. Uh, you're basically entering a desert in search of a key to save humanity, the great power in quotes it's pretty standard anime uh inspired action rpg fare but it's uh, it's a little different in how fast-paced it is uh enemies show up on screen and they sort of pop up out of nowhere you're attacking uh and doing combos pretty quickly you also have multiple uh ai controlled characters in your party that for whatever reason, aren't actually dumb. They're actually pretty good. <laughs> um, as far as the visuals are concerned with this, uh, it's nothing really to write home about. This isn't like next-gen looking. Um, it's standard sort of cutesy uh, anime-inspired, almost something you would have seen like on the Dreamcast slash GameCube era. Of, of like an action RPG, uh, I get like a little, almost even little hints of like Brave Friends from Musashi in it, um, you know, if you go back a little further, but uh, it is colorful. Uh, the cast of characters it's uh, is voice acted in Japanese only, uh, English subs, uh, easy to read, localization's pretty good, uh, audio is pretty standard, nothing super, you know, fantastic to write home about. Uh, it is a pretty easy pick up and play uh, game. There's a lot of tutorials at the beginning that sort of showcase um, how to work with the game's mechanics. Nothing too difficult. You could skip them and figure it out on your own, but they're pretty quick and straightforward. This isn't going to be one of those games where there's like a huge lengthy tutorial period where you're spending hours doing it. Uh, you're actually sort of in the thick of it pretty quickly. Uh, the only downside I see to this game as far as uh, it's not even nitpicking, I found there was a pretty heavy frame rate drop anytime you're in, uh, like you're on the overworld running around and there's like fog. Uh, like it's, it's supposed to be not fog like fog of war like old school but like actual atmospheric fog it really drops the frame rate at least on the switch i played it uh docked and non-docked and it was dropping to like 20 frames per second i hope that's something they can fix with a patch uh, but it was pretty noticeable uh and there was like a fair amount of input lag with it so it wasn't an effect to make it look choppy but it was there was some pretty much there was some lag pretty bad at the very beginning of the game in the area that's kind of foggy as soon as you move out of that though the frame rate goes right back up to normal which is fine uh, i'm not sure if that's something that would persist in the playstation 4 version but it is something that definitely plagues the uh the switch so i'm and it's not 
a design choice. You can tell because, you know, you press a button and you wait like a second for it to react. No, that's not a design choice. So I'm hoping it's something that's patched later on. IDF Factory's been pretty good about patching their releases with little bug fixes here and there. So it may be something because I had an early release, a pre, uh, you know, pre-release day release that might have affected it. But that's really the only gripe I could see with it. And that happens in a lot of other games too. So it's not a huge, huge deal, but it is something to keep in mind. Other than that, it's pretty straightforward action RPG fare. It'll hold you over for a while. It's not something with the bug in place that I would say and I would recommend is worth the full retail price at this time. Uh, I Unless you are a super fan of Idea Factory games and uh, action RPGs in general. Uh, in, if they fix the patch uh, or if they patch it and fix the, some of the frame rate issues with it, I could see it going, you know, for, you know, maybe $10, $20 less than retail, regular retail, because at this point, uh, there are a lot of other games out there that are more worth your attention at full price. Uh, that being said, I did have a lot of fun playing it. So, you know, <laughs> I'm having a hard time sort of balancing out. Is it worth it or not? I had a lot of fun with it, even with its own issues. So if you're, uh, you know, undecided, I'll put a trailer in the uh, the description for the show and uh, you can check it out there. So that's Ark of Alchemist from Idea Factory. We hope you've enjoyed the time you've spent with us this week here on Twig, otherwise known as ThisWeekInGeek.net. Um, as always, do strive to bring you the best. And, well, as I just demonstrated, not always the latest news in the world, but I'm totally okay with that because, hey, admitting you have a problem is the first step in fixing it. Uh, so, yeah, coming up on the site this week, um, I imagine we're going to be doing a Future Imperfect soon talking about Star Trek Picard. Um, I guess we can talk about it uh, briefly here before we uh, kind of get out of the show this week. I like what I see, but I do follow some pretty hardcore Trekkies, and I am noticing some of the things they're pointing out, and I'm like, hey, never kind of thought about that, but okay. Um, yeah, but these just, are the same people that will like say to the death that like Voyager is like the best show ever, and it's like the last good Trek. No, Sorry, these people is not saying that at all good so the, like, I, i'm really enjoying it it's the best trek we've had in 20 years period yeah yeah i'll give you that but that's not a high bar to clear either um i don't know i mean it's it's little things that are bothering me but i also have to realize trek is a franchise that needs reinvigoration bad because it isn't cool space wizards and you know death stars and everything star trek has always been a more philosophical show it's been about exploration and philosophy and occasionally cool space battles but this one this generation needs the the wow factor and to bring in old and new fans you have to do something that appeals to both so in, in that regard i get it i expect it and that's okay in other ways this woman just said fuck to captain picard okay neat he's also retired not commissioned not on a ship not serving with other people that are commissioned then why did kirk okay counterpoint kirk and spock had to have swearing explained to them in star trek 4 uh that would be well, they're also from 100 years earlier it's still it's, inconsistent what, what is what is obvious well no he didn't have to have swearing explained to them he didn't know what dumbass meant he didn't know what certain insults were yeah, but um, you're telling me the, on a ship that long, they wouldn't have had that conversation. Not necessarily. If remember, they're they're from a time where they've been at peace for a long time, and they've had their ideals bred into them for multi generations. At that point, 
This uh, is where you and I would differ because you are clearly a Star Trek apologist. Nothing not, wrong with that. Uh, no, I'm not an apologist. I'm, I'm saying if you go to like the Zephyr Cochran era, like First Contact, they're all that's the era where they would be swearing and doing. But that's all only of, 40 years from us, though. Yeah, exactly. They're swearing and all everything, but then you jump forward 100 years, and there's multi generational changes. But then you jump forward again, and this is clearly they're setting up. What they're setting up is the world. Is, the Federation is failing. They're a shell of what they once were, and Picard is 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 pointing it out, and everybody wants to go la la la. la nothing's wrong, but it's clear from the way that the culture and society is behaving that it's failing. I just believe it's bad script writing, but the ideas are very cool. I like the idea of the Borg rec- reclamation project. I think that's really neat. I think the idea of androids going nuts is kind of neat. But uh, I'm going to call it as I see it. There are problems, but I'm okay with it. Um, we'll see how I feel at the end of the 10 episode series, but I'm not going to let yeah. certain things slide. And then most of that comes from a design standpoint and a prop design they're, standpoint. They're also setting themselves up right now too. Uh, the first three episodes are directed by the same person. Uh, the next two after that are Jonathan Frakes. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how that sets up the last half of the season. Yeah, exactly. So hopefully, like I said, we'll we'll get a lot more answers. Hopefully we'll see a lot less exposed HVAC ventilation systems and whatnot. And uh, yeah, so it'll be more future-y as opposed to here's now, but with Captain Picard. But you know what? It could be worse. It could be better. But you know what? I got the Borg back. And for that, I am eternally thankful because I never thought I'd see my precious boys again. Um, and maybe we'll find out what happened to the Borg after the Dominion War. So also that's exciting. First time you ever seen them when they take apart a Borg and you see like the guts underneath. Yeah, that I really liked. I thought that was really clever. Like it's, it's by far the best special effects makeup they've done for the Borg ever, even better than the movie. Yeah, because Voyager did a really good job, but I want to see a full Borg drone standing up doing his Borg thing. So maybe I'll see that in a flashback sequence. God, I hope so. Um, so yeah, we'll uh, wait maybe, and see. maybe not in a flashback. Or maybe <laughs> the not. Yeah. Set up. You know what I mean? Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good enough for now. <laughs> um, other than that, coming out on the show this week, um, uh, if you were listening to our uh, sister podcast that I work with nerds of the third power, uh, Billy or Dr. Gonzo has released a D and D uh teaser trailer for what we're working on called fools who ride which is the DD podcast which i game master for them which i'm kind of rusty on DD fifth edition so if you don't like my dm style forgive me and get over it uh, uh i'm having a lot of fun with them we've recorded at least eight or nine hours so far i think and it's just it's been a lot of fun so we're going to be recording more uh, later on this month, just getting schedules lined up right now because cats having furniture delivered. Uh, more episodes of Nerds of the Third Power are coming. I record tomorrow. I think we're talking about The Mandalorian, which more season two info is starting to come out now. So that'll be released later on this year on Disney+. Plus. Um, and we got a bunch of good stuff coming up. I know I have to watch The Witcher for them. So I'll sit down and watch that over the course of like a weekend. So I'll be tossing a coin to my Witcher, O Valley of Plenty, I think as the saying goes. And uh, yeah, Alex, you should have a turd or treasure soon, shouldn't you? I should. I, I've got a couple movies that came in. We got uh, uh, some stuff from Vinegar Syndrome I got to check out. Uh, Gaming-wise, I'm... What do I have? 
I think I have a football manager game, like as in like soccer. <laughs> That's about it right now. Um, but who knows? Like I'm visiting family for the next couple of days. I'm sure that like I'll head home and there'll be like a bunch of crap that came in the mail. <laughs> and by bunch of crap, I mean lots of cool stuff to go through. <laughs> So anyway, guys, um, we will catch you next time here on This Week in Geek. So until next time, I've been Mike the Birdman Dodd, and you have been Alex. And as always, live free or die hard. And as my friend Jackie Bam Bam might say, be cool, be kind, be careful. We'll catch you guys right here on thisweekingeek.net. Well, that's our show. All right, here's the deal. Every time you watch my show, I will send you $40. Checks will not be honored. You've been listening to This Week in Geek, your source for guaranteed nonsense or your money back. Tune in next week for more info on the most important things you didn't need to know. Check out our website at thisweekingeek.net and subscribe to our podcast through iTunes or any podcatcher. If you'd like to comment on this episode, head over to this episode's post at thisweekingeek.net and leave a comment through Facebook Connect. Follow us on Twitter at thisweekingeek.net and follow our Instagram at twig underscore official underscore podcast. Social media not your thing? Send us an email at feedback at thisweekingeek.net. We'll see you next time, and remember, lower your shields and surrender your listenership. Just when you think this show is terrible, something wonderful happens. What? It ends. (laughs) I have to go. Somewhere there is a crime happening.